Sorry about all that. It's a bit of a boner killer, isn't it? The tech stuff. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I expect it to a certain extent. You know, I know it's often my fault, but uh-huh. if you think about it, it is kind of your fault. <laughs> uh huh. Go on. Well, when we started this nine years ago, by the way, yeah, last week we didn't acknowledge the nine-year anniversary yeah, of the show. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, pretty big. Pretty big. That's getting up there. But we just forgot. Well, we sort of touched on it on episode 200, to be honest. But you're right. We didn't celebrate the day. So we're doing it now. But nine years ago when we started this podcast, we did it together in the same room. And then you decided to go chase your dreams. Yeah. Which is fine, which I encourage. Yeah. But also... Now I've you know, then a technologically then incompetent person to exactly. sort it out themselves. Yeah, exactly. By the way, you well, did here's a suggestion because you just you gave me great tech tech support just then, yeah. like professional level. Yeah, here's here's a good suggestion. Just just something that pops to the top of my mind. Um, nine years, as you pointed out, nine years I've been in New Zealand. One of the ways in which you wouldn't have to deal with this is if you came and visited me in New Zealand, and then we recorded in the same room over here. Because it has been, mm. as you pointed out, nine years in which I've lived in another country, almost a full decade, really. Um, and I mean, you haven't. You, hold on, this is. I'm just going to get you on a technicality here because I've got nothing else. <laughs> um, you haven't been over there for nine years, have I not? No, we started the show nine years ago, but then we did uh-huh. like a year or so. I I think I could say so that this so is my eight ninth year. Actually, it's been eight. Years eight, since eight I haven't years. visited you. Okay. Get it right. Okay. Well, please accept my humble apologies. How could I have misspoken in such a way as to mischaracterize your abandonment of me as a friend at such a level as nine years when it was the much less embarrassing eight years? Look, I do feel bad about that. Uh, I do think about it at night sometimes. You know, I think, <laughs> shit, I haven't done it. And, you know, it's looking, it's looking like it might be postponed even further. <laughs> and, you know, it is, it is, you know, what I like about you is that you, what I like about us is that you will call me out on my shit. <laughs> and I feel like that's a fair, that's a fair thing to do. Like I, you know, it's just, it's just over there or yeah. wherever it is. Uh, and I could have in that time, Probably popped over and, and saw my old Nikki blue eyes, but I haven't, and I feel bad. I'm sorry. That's all right. I mean, the thing that gives me comfort is knowing that you haven't travelled anywhere overseas or will be travelling anywhere overseas. So it's not like you're specifically singling me out because mm. there's nothing like that on the horizon. So it's it's that's the comfort for me. It's just like, apart from you, yeah. it's, it's kind of like in my head, I think it's kind of like, going to another state but it's like way further it is closer than you going to fucking western australia (laughs) and there's another place i would never go to and have never been to (laughs) i think you got to start start uh re-categorizing your expectation of new zealand it's quite different over here they have hills i send you pictures all the time of like bays and things you do. Is that what you're doing when you send me those? It's just a little, little tantalizing little striptease. <laughs> okay, just a little okay. bit of like, oh, maybe, maybe this walk will get you interested. They are, they are incredible. Yeah, but not enough. Not, not enough. enough. I need a, 
I need what I need. I need New Zealand to really reinvent their cuisine. So if I go over there, I'm like, oh, I've never had this before. What do you mean reinvent? You've never been here before. Yeah, but what do you eat? Sheep and uh, what else? <laughs> just what, what do you but sorry? Sausages. What, do you, what do you want? So just for my, you want it to be like Italy? Do you? You want it to be all oh, like pasta? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want like something like that. Like, oh, it's that famous New Zealand curry that you got to get when you get there. You know? Sure. So you want it to be culturally a different place. Well, why don't you have like a fucking hungi? Are you allowed to say that? I don't think that's. Oh, that sounds yeah. racist. Well, just because you don't know a foreign word doesn't make it offensive. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to get in the front foot. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Oh, welcome, everybody. Welcome to Deep Thought. Thank you for joining us. This is a podcast in which we basically just call each other out back and forth for the course of an hour, hour and a half. And some people seem to enjoy that. Sitting through the internet with me this week, my friend, Michael Hay. Yep. Sticking with the catchphrase. Okay. It doesn't, it's not really a catchphrase if it's just a very generic acknowledgement. Just a word. Just a word. And I'm Nick. Hello. Hi. Hey, how we doing? Hey. Now you cold? You getting cold over there? Well, yeah, we're starting to... We're starting to oh, I don't want to talk about the weather. It was just the I'm most... Just... I, I found myself building up to it, and then I thought, this is the dullest. This is where we start every time. We kind of do. It's weird that we're, um, we're still kind of at the small talk stage, you know? <laughs> it's just something to get the... Just to get the the ball rolling you know so what do you do for work (laughs) are you good at small talk let's talk about small talk (laughs) let's talk about small talk but importantly not do small talk talk. i I think i am quite good at small talk but i think are you i think i'm a little bit of a small talk connoisseur in that i can turn small talk into big talk pretty smoothly i love okay tell me everything so I, I, you know, one of my defense mechanisms, we talked about this a long time ago, I think on the podcast, one of my being in the closet defense mechanisms as a, a, a way of avoiding any intrusive questions that might lead to me having to say, oh, yes, I love women. My favorite woman? Well, Pamela Anderson, of course. <laughs> any of that shit. If I can cut that off at the <laughs> in advance. It's the way to do it is to take an extreme interest in the other person and get them talking about themselves. So I was always very good at like, oh, so what is it you do? Oh, tell me about that. No, tell me more about that. Tell me everything about that. Tell me stuff that only people in your discipline are talking about. You know, like I I will will, uh, drill down into someone's life in an almost offensively interested manner. And, yes. and then I never have to talk about myself. Yes. No, I I, I, uh, I think, like, if you're a naturally curious person, uh, it kind of helps you out a little bit in those situations. But I think I do a similar thing where I, I can I can really find something about anyone interesting. Yeah. But where I go wrong is, first of all, like, my opening question, just say we're at a party and, you know, you're there as a plus one because it's your girlfriend's work event. This didn't happen at all, by the way. Uh-huh. For actually, at your work events, like, you tend to just show porn to your boss. <laughs> and so you're there at a plus one. You don't know anyone. And then you're kind of stuck with, like, one of your partner's friend's 
colleagues or something like that and you're like trying to make small talk what i will tend to do is ask way too personal a question and the thing is i've learned that i can do that because sometimes when it hits it hits big but sometimes when it, it also misses big yeah do you know what i mean so, so you, you know, like you like playing that roulette well, I used to really enjoy that, but now as I'm getting older, I'm getting, I think, maybe a bit more boring or a little a little more, more risk-adverse yeah. in social situations. Um, so I, I don't tend to do it that much anymore, but, like, I don't know. You know, I can, I can maintain a conversation with someone who I've not met, but as long as they're giving me something back, otherwise I will actively maybe tank the conversation. Well, the classic for this is a wedding, right? There's a bunch of people there you don't really know. You've been thrown on a table, half of them may be unfamiliar, and you've got that thing where it's like, wow, we have oh, four more hours of this. Yeah. That's that's the situation. And I, I tend to be pretty good in those environments. Um, yeah. Yeah. In, and I, that's also true in like, if you know a friend, but you're the only f- person you know that knows that friend and then you go to their party and it's like all strangers, I'm I'm pretty decent at at like slipping into the conversations. And, and weirdly enough, I tend to do quite well in those environments because unlike my friends and family around me, they don't know me and I can just like charm and wit my way into like cultural approval whereas everyone else when they hang out with me is now there's so much harder to impress you know so much harder to be like oh i write for tv and they're like yeah fucking we know shut up whereas if i go to like my ex-flatmates going away drinks i'm fucking i'm a fucking king i'm a king (laughs) they carry me out on their shoulders You're my king, baby. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, the older I get, but the, the other thing is the older the older you get, I feel like the more boring people become. And I just said that about myself anyway. Yeah. But like what you're looking for is that person that is, go- and this got me into trouble in my early to late 20s slash early 30s, that, you know, when you, when you do take those chances socially, when you connect with someone, the connection is, mwah, it's beautiful. Yeah. And you can really, it's you're looking for like an effortlessness and an ease and an ease. It's hard to make an adult friend, right? And you don't yeah. actually get that many opportunities these days to like broaden the social circle. So you're totally right when you when you find yourself in an environment and you find someone who has your same self sense of humor or are willing to go with you to the like personal questions or whatever. That's satisfying. That's fun. Yeah. Look at us. We can milk anything, can't we? We can we can really pad out a podcast. There you go. We just we just chit-chatted about small talk. What else you got? <laughs> well, I have I have a big story to tell you. I had teased oh, this yes. to you a while ago because it happened the day after we last recorded the podcast. Bad timing. But um Gimme that I got give a me story. That story, my king. Okay. Yeah. So this is the story. Are you just toying with me here? This is the story of how I was robbed. <gasps> yeah, I thought it, I thought that would be good. Okay, so I I uh, went back to Adelaide a couple of months ago, and as part of the the deal of like crashing at my parents' place, they often give me tech questions like sorting of my old like wardrobes and like other kind of house chores to do while I'm while I'm there. And as one of those, I was sorting out the study cupboard and mum had an old iPhone, an iPhone 11. 
that she had smashed the screen of and then bought a new phone and it's just sitting there and they, they'd gone to try and repair it. It was going to cost more to repair and it's like three years old. She's like, fuck it. I'll just buy a new phone. And so as part of this sorting out, she was, she said, oh, just take that to the, the electronics waste, like the recycling place, donate it to the, the thing and, and find a new home. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is, this is a three-year-old iPhone. Like, yes, it's got a broken screen, but someone will buy it. Someone will buy it, take it to a third-party store, put a new screen on. This has got value. This was like a $2,000 phone. Other than the smash screen, everything's fine. Still loads, still works, good battery, good cameras, all good, broken screen. Mm-hmm. So I picked it up in, in Australia and I wasn't going to like try and sell it when I was there, but I brought it home and then over here I put it on um, Facebook Marketplace and I listed it at $700 as a as a resale, sort of expecting that people would undercut me, but if you set it high, then they come in under and, you know, if I walk away with 600 bucks or whatever, oh, yeah. there we go. Um, so... First thing I learned was that Facebook Marketplace is the absolute worst. Is the absolute shit. Preaching to the choir. Well, shits, I suppose. If something's the absolute shit, it's really good. But it's it was the shits, which is bad. Okay. Um, It was poo poo bad. It It was was poo -poo poo bad. Yeah. (laughs) And not good shit. (laughs) No, it wasn't good shit. God, this is this is a complicated word to use accurately. (laughs) It is Um, very versatile. (laughs) So. I don't know. I mean, you've been selling your music instruments and stuff recently, right? You would know a bit about this. The number mm. of like spam bop kind of questions you get that, is this still available? What's the status of the item? And you're like, I can I get my cousin to come pick it up? Uh, it's just endless. It's endless. It's the, like Disgusting. I've taken photos. I've written a, uh, you know, a full description of, yes, the screen is broken, the cameras work, the phone is updated, the, thing, the battery life is this. Like, everything's there. And you get yeah. these, like, robots coming through mm. and just spamming this shit. And, and then they, you know, you they say, oh, they, they said the most obvious things, like, oh, I'll transfer money to you, but you just need to send me your email address. And I'm like, yeah. no, you don't need an email address to do a bank transfer. And they're like, yes, I do. Mm. I need your, your email address. And you're like, okay, well then fuck off then because <laughs> you don't. And and then other stuff like, okay, I'm going to go to the, um, you go to the post office right now. And then when you're there, I'll send you a screenshot of me having transferred the money to your bank account and you can put it in the post. I'm like, bitch, I'm not sending it unless the money's in my bank account. I'm not going to take it off the like fucking screen cap that you actually sent me money. Jesus, yeah. like all this nonsense. So I left it there for a couple of weeks and, and, you know, you have to renew it every fortnight. And I sort of like gotten to the point where I was like, oh, fuck it. I probably just need to pay for trade me, which is the like actual auction house website. I will list it. I will pay the cut of the sale fee to the organization, but I will know that all the people I'm actually dealing with are human beings who actually want this phone. So I just thought, okay, I'll let the thing, um, the, the, the listing expire. I was quite busy in the last couple of weeks with work stuff. I just wasn't the, the primary concern. Um, and then I got a message from this guy saying, hey, man, um, would you accept 600? I was like, oh, this is actually a human. He is asking sensible questions. Did you check the profile? And I, I, I clicked on the profile. It was a real profile, you know, 300 friends. Looks like a real guy. And I was like, cool. That's that's all good. 
and we started to negotiate like I'll, I'll be working from home but i'll be here at like two o'clock um so if you come by you know bring your cash we'll do a swap over bob's now, what what age what can you describe the guy from his profile a little bit? so from his profile i would say 30s or 40s like a little bit older uh that's what you want yeah and obviously when you're buying something like a phone you're going to need like actual money money it's not just you know 20 bucks you found around the corner you have to be able to yep. conceptually go and get 600 dollars out right um yep. so i looked at the thing and it was like okay human being you know it's not a spam account it's not like a naked woman or anything it, it looks like a guy yep. so i um sorted it out and then i was working so i was on skype all day because um, i was writing with grace and i just sort of flagged hey at some point this guy's going to turn up i'm going to have to duck out and just do the the handover so um at 2 13 p.m oh. this guy says that he's here and i go outside to meet and um like i'm on the skype call still i'm just like sorry i'll be a second oh, and then i wow. go and stand outside and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and the guy, like we have a slightly unusual address. Like we're in a, we're on a shared driveway with like eight other units. So it's not uncommon for like delivery deliveries and stuff to get a bit confused. Uber Eats gets a bit confused. Um, and so I'm standing around, there's no sign of this guy. And I'm like, oh, fuck, you know, what's happening? He eventually shows up like 220-ish. And then he has a look at the phone. He, you know, he just walks down the alleyway and he, um, you know, has a, a play with it. And, and he's going on about the fact that the last time he tried to buy a phone, um, it had been blacklisted. And so he just wants to check that the phone is, is still operational. Because it turns out in New Zealand, there's a, there's a network level thing that you can do where if a device has been stolen, they can actually blacklist the phone from being used on any of the networks. Okay. And he said, so I... You know, I bought a phone for my girlfriend and, you know, this one's for my girlfriend. And, and last time she tried to buy a phone, it had been blacklisted. She bought like a stolen phone and she wasn't able to get into it. So I just want to check that this is like a, a functioning phone. And I was like, yeah, yeah. It, it's all good. Do, can I, were there any like alarm bells about his appearance? Did he, did he seem fine? Like, did he smell good? <laughs> I didn't smell him. He seemed all right. He seemed a little bit nervous. Um, so he was this sort of largish Maori guy. Um, and I had this moment sort of halfway through the the thing where I saw his hands were sort of like shaking a little bit and I just oh. caught it, but I didn't like register it. I just, I just saw it. Um, okay. And he was holding up his phone and he was looking through it and he's like, I've got an Android. I don't really know what I'm looking for on an iPhone. She was going on about like, make sure it's not logged into iCloud because they can just deactivate it and this kind of thing. And I was like, well, I've already wiped it. This is yeah. a brand new phone. Like you, yeah, you're in the reset screen, Mister. Yeah, Mr. I'm Apple tech support already. over here. Like yeah. this is a fine phone. You can see it's at the intro, and he's like, yeah. "I just want to." She she said something like, "Check the IME number, which is the the serial number, effectively. Just check that because you can see if that's been blacklisted or whatever." And we we just want to get to that. So I'm like literally setting up the phone. I'm like rapid fire through all the setup <laughs> stuff. You know, set your pin one 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 one. You know, like yeah. going through all of this. Um. And then he's like, you have to do this. Like one of those setup stages is getting on the Wi-Fi. 
And so, yeah. like, we're standing out in the driveway. I don't want to add it to my current Wi-Fi. So yeah. he's trying to then hotspot from his current phone a Wi-Fi oh. on so that we can get past the screen, so we can get to the thing, so I can show him that it's a, a functioning iPhone. And it's, like, so I tedious. Hate I hate this. So tedious. And this is, like, I'm still on a live Skype call in the other room. Yeah. So I, I text Grace, and I'm like, I'll be two ticks. Like, I'm still going. And he's like, oh, I almost sent my girlfriend to, to come and do it because, like, I don't know what what I'm doing with this. And, um, and you know, she's the one that the phone's for. So we go through all this thing. I set up the thing. Finally, it gets to the point where he's like, it's all working. There's no iCloud logged in. The IME's all fine. He says he just wants to check what the thing was that his, his girlfriend was concerned about. He says he'll message her. Can we go to her? And I was like, uh, nah, I'm not like, Both I'm on a phone you. call, but if you want to bring her back, like that's okay, I guess. But like, I'm, I can't do this forever. This has been, this is like two thirty five. This has been at least like 15, 20 minutes of me now out in the oh, driveway. Man. Right. So he says like, I, I, I'm like, do you want this phone? And he's like, yeah, I'll go get the, my girlfriend. I'll go get the cash and I'll come back. So just stay right here. Should have had the cash, but all good. I agree. But at the same time, part of my brain was like, well, I wouldn't necessarily carry $600 cash with me out to meet a random guy. Like I sort of get it. So then we like walk down to the end of the road to see where his girlfriend's parked the car. There's like literally no one there. He's like, I don't know where she is. So then I'm like, well, I've got to go. So I take the phone, I go back inside and I, I just like wait for a few more minutes and then like five minutes go past and I message to ask, like, are you coming back? And I tell Grace, like, sorry, this is taking fucking forever. Like, I'll hang up. I'll ring back in a minute. Five minutes go past and then this guy calls, uh, texts back, yes, I'll be there in, in a couple of minutes. And then another 10 minutes go past and he says he's here. So I go outside. I'm, I'm barefoot. Like, I took my shoes off. Um, and there's like a silver station wagon in the driveway. And like I said, we, we have this shared um, shared driveway, a single car driveway. And they've either gone in the end and turned around and they're now out facing the um, the driveway or they like they backed in. But I am facing the passenger side where the girlfriend is sitting and he's in the driver's seat. So uh, the engine is still on and they're standing there. The passenger window's down. There's this woman they're outside there. of the vehicle. They're in the video, the vehicle. They're, they're sitting they're in, in the, the uh, in the idling vehicle with the window down, and she says she wants to like check that the camera works and that you know the thing's broken. And then she's going like, "Oh, I didn't realize it was so shattered." I'm like, "Well, I fucking put the photos on the Facebook listing," and the guy's like, "Yeah, no, that's how it was." And then she says, "I want to check the IME number again," and I'm like, "Here's the IME. It's not fucking blacklisted. Like, again, do you want from this inside thing inside the car? From inside the car." Okay. And then. Uh, sh- so then they're like, they're saying she wants to like put the SIM in and, and check if the SIM works. And I'm like, I'm not going to hand over the phone while you're sitting here with the with the car running. Like, because I'm, I'm, I've got my Did legs. Did you say that? Yeah. I got my flares up. Like, I'm like, okay, mm, you got your I'm, like, I'm not going to, not going to just hand you my phone while you're sitting here. And he's like, what the fuck are you saying? I'm like, I'm not going to hand you my phone while you're, while you're oh sitting here with the engine going confrontational and they look at each other and then he turns off the engine i'm like okay so i hand it to her and she oh fucks around in the passenger seat they get the little paper clip out they put the sim in and then somehow the phone ends up in his hand on the other side and he's looking at it and he 
then it it just turns and he goes are you fucking fucking me mate are you fucking with me i'm like what it's not fucking working you're trying to sell me a fucking blacklisted phone you fuck are you fucking having me on you think you can just con me and i'm like no the phone works man it probably just takes a minute for a network to recognize a sim it's not like fucking instantaneous he's like no you're trying to fuck me you, if you blacklisted this phone, it's fucking blacklisted. He's trying to have us on. He's trying to rip us off. I'm like, the phone's perfectly fine. And he gets so like, like this tone is escalating. And it's like, oh my God. And I'm like, well, if you don't want it, I'll take it back. Nick, interjecting again. What What is your, when, when the tone shifts, what is, how do you react? Are you starting to get a bit nervous? Like my brain like goes. Kind of cool and calm. The, the, like the undertone of red flags is now like the, the flags are up and my brain's like get this the is phone a scary back. situation get yeah. the phone back because they're gonna steal the phone oh and I see. okay like i sp- i saw it like i was like yeah. mm, this is now this is a situation because i know that the phone works right i know rationally yeah. that their argument doesn't make any sense so i'm like the only thing that they could be doing is trying to rip me off yeah so He's getting all aggro. I have a glance, like I'm, I'm focused on him, but I'm in the window, right? Like the girlfriend is right here in the passenger seat and she is staring dead forward, dead forward, completely silent. And I see her and I'm like, oh, she either A, is absolutely embarrassed by this boyfriend's behavior or B, knows exactly her place and that this is not her job to interfere in this moment. And she's going to pretend it is not happening and she's not going to engage with me and she's not going to engage with him and she's just staring straight ahead. Wow. So then I say, okay, if you don't want it, I'll take it back again. And he doesn't hand the phone over. And he says, you know, you're fucking with me. You're fucking with me. And he's flashing this phone around and he makes a mistake because when he flashes it, I can see it's 4G in the corner. So the SIM is 100% working. And I say, (sighs) it is working. There's 4G on it. And he turns the car engine on and they gun it down the driveway and they nearly run over my bare foot in their fucking SUV. And I watch as this thing just barrels down the end of this shared driveway. And I'm like, in the immediate seconds afterwards, I'm on it enough to go get my phone, take photo. So I, I, yeah. I pull my phone out and I'm trying to grab the camera up and take a photo of the, of the car as it goes. But it's, it's, too sl- it's taking too long. It's too slow to like get there. Uh, so I'm staring oh at it and I stare at the number plate and I memorize the number plate. Oh, so I grab the number you. plate. And then in this immediate aftermath, I'm like, what the, what the fuck? What the fuck? Like shock shock and anger Dude. and then i go back inside and i just pace there for a second and i'm like fuck write down the number plate so i pull up a note and i write down the number plate and then i'm like what? oh my god i text grace i think i just got robbed and she immediately texts back she's like what the fuck i'm like i just got robbed i just i just got robbed they took the phone yeah. um and then i'm like sorry i'm not going to be able to jump back on the call i think i need to call the police yeah. So in the immediate aftermath, again, I've still got like this trembles of adrenaline and yep. of anger and of feeling like stupid because like, why didn't I see this coming? And like, uh, yeah, just like all of these like heightened emotions. And so then my next thought is screen caps. So I go into Facebook Messenger 
and I just start screen capping the entire conversation yeah. and I click on the link to his profile and I screen cap his name and and like record that this is who I was dealing with, which was sensible because 10 minutes later he had blocked me and I couldn't wow. get there. And I message KC and I'm like, I just got robbed. And he's like, okay, I'm coming home. Nice home. boyfriend move. Um, so he, he comes home um, and he gets there maybe like 10 minutes later. I start calling the police, the non-emergency line. Yeah. And when I get onto the, the police line, um, there's like the automated message where it's like, if it's a theft or, a, you know, a damage or something like that, you can log a report online. While I'm on hold there, I start going online and I fill out this form and uh, I've got all the screen caps. I've got like the photos of the conversation. I've got the number plate. I've got his full name. Um, I've got the model of car. You know, I have so much information about this guy. And so yeah. I start to fill out this form and then I get to the point where I'm like, I'll hang up on the, the phone because it's it, I'm just filling this form out anyway. It's redundant, yeah. So then KC comes home and he's like, you need to call triple one, which is the emergency number. And, I, and I'm and i sort of unsure about that because I'm like, I don't think it's an emergency. Like I'm not injured. Yeah. I'm not at risk anymore. They're not going to come back after just having stole it. Yeah. I don't think it's an emergency. And so we go back and forth a little bit. And then he, he's looking because he's angry on my behalf. And he's like, what's the name of this guy? And he goes on to Facebook. And of course, because I know the yeah, name and the profile and he hasn't blocked KC, he wouldn't have ever interacted. We can find his profile. And Such as we're scrolling. So many rookie mistakes here. It was, he was a really dumb, dumb crook. Yeah. So as we're scrolling his profile, there is a, a post there from September last year, which says, guys, I'm in jail please send money and shoes. I need friends here. And like, oh my fucking God, <laughs> this guy was recently in prison. Yeah. And so at that point, I'm like, okay, I'm going to call, I'm going to call the police again. Again, not the emergency, but I'll stay on the non-emergency line and I will tell them that the person who just robbed me is potentially a, a criminal, on existing yeah. on parole kind of criminal. And... I put, uh, uh, because the online form is already submitted, I, you know, want to confirm A, those details and potentially the other screen caps that Casey's now been able to take of all this stuff. Yes. So I submit the incident report. I get on the, the call. Um, I speak to an officer. The officer's like, yeah, thank you for that. We'll make a note of this. Um, and then he suggests, oh, you should call local pawn shops. Because now that you have a report number, the pawn shops can keep an eye out for this specific kind of phone. If it comes in, they can either hold onto the device or hold onto the guy and the police will come and arrest him. Um, oh, and, and they find that through the serial number? or So I had, I had, because again, nerd, very well prepared. I had the serial number, I had the model number, I had the, you know, storage device, you know, like all of this information. Of course you did. Good on you. Hmm. All stuff that I would never have done. Never. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I can call them up and I say, like, here's the serial number. Here's the model. Here's the police report. If it comes in, call the police. Um, so then I call every pawnbroker in Christchurch. <laughs> 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 and I tell them what's happening. It doesn't actually take, it takes me, it only takes me 20 minutes. Like cash converters is a chain. You can just do it on the line. There's like three yeah. others. 
there was one that doesn't even accept phones. Like it wasn't too hard. Um, And then I call my telco and say, this is the serial number of the phone. Let's blacklist the phone. The thing that he was afraid of actually happening, I call up and I try to actually do. Uh, Unfortunately, because it had been 30 days since that had been on my network, they can't spot it on their system. They can't blacklist it. But anyway, Uh And, and then at the end of all that, I realize that it's covered under contents insurance. And oh. so I lodge an insurance claim for it. For how much? And five days later, I got $1,800. <gasps> so no. they they knew for old payment and the iPhone 11 is no longer in stock. So they paid me the $2,200 minus my excess. And oh. I got three times the amount of money <laughs> that God. I was trying to get from the sale of the phone. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. What? What a story. And that, okay. that, my friends, is the story of how I was robbed. That is, that's a movie as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, that's incredible. That is incredible and a happy ending somehow. Yeah. Do you? Do you reckon this guy? Do you reckon this guy knew he was going to rob you? Also, do you think it's weird that he decided that if he was pre-planning the robbery, premeditated robbery, why has he chosen a, uh, a, a an iPhone that's been smashed? It's there's a lot of weird questions, right? There's a lot of things where you can only assume that like the guy is just dumb like he's not doing smart things he used his real facebook profile so i had his real full name and like all of his friends connections are like visible there right he's posted that he was in jail so now he's made visible to me the fact that that like he's a higher risk right he drove in a car that i got the number plate of you know, I I had the screen caps of the entire conversation. There's so much information that he gave me that I just, I don't understand why you would take those risks. And, and then as you say, at the end of the day, it's for a, a broken iPhone 11. So there, there, there are questions where maybe he was scouting it out in that first visit to see whether it was worth stealing, went away, decided to do it. And maybe that's why the girlfriend was like, I didn't realize how smashed it was because they were having to think, is this worth anything to us to steal it? Yes, because if the intention is to pawn it off, then it's, it's, it's like extra work. Are we yeah. going to be able to ref- Are we actually going to be able to fix this? Screen? Like fixing that screen will cost four hundred dollars. It's just the nature of that phone and that model. It was the it was the the max. You know, it's a specifically large screen, and that was the reason that Mum had upgraded in the first place. Because why spend four hundred dollars when you're at a point where it's like I should just upgrade? So mm-hmm. for a six hundred dollar outlay to then spend another four hundred dollars what's the chances of you making anything back on this you know yeah very confusing it's it's got to be um act, an act of desperation but and I then think, the like, other thing is like if if it's a phone that you are stealing because you want to use it then why steal a smashed phone if you're going to steal it just steal a good one like i don't get it that's the thing like it, the, the the amount of like the lack of like forethought yeah but also the there is like a, a degree of forethought in that like this is obviously premeditated i'm going to get the girlfriend to wait and then come back around and we're yeah. going to keep the car running and yeah. then we're going to look at each other and you know turn the engine off like there's a bit of that but it's so 
botched that it's uh, to me it just seems like it's just like an act of desperation they're like we need this money yeah. for something let's just it's like ill thought out and and like then my brain goes okay so like i saw his hands shaking when he came to see me is that was he nervous about it was he not sure if he wanted to steal it was he thinking through was he like drug withdrawal and this is something he's going to pawn to get his like meth fix like who mm. knows it was like a, there's so many questions uh, still lingering for me about it. And, and any updates from the, the Popo? No, no follow-up. No follow will you up get yet. any? Will, you, will they let I you know? I don't know. Casey very much is of the opinion that, like, any court, any kind of theft is just not investigated. Like, they just won't bother. I imagine mm. that that may be the case. But if I report that it was from a person that was potentially on parole like maybe that improves the chance but like mm. i gave them literally everything they would need to find him with right you can just it go find be that hard it yeah. can't be that he has the type of car the number plate the full name and photos of him like you can find this guy so the only question is if they would do it not whether they could do it and Nick will be posting all of those details in the yeah. chapter notes. So Crime if you, stoppers. <laughs> you live in Christchurch, please yeah. uh, go around and uh, teach this guy a lesson. Yeah. I imagine that uh, the the types of listeners that, that we have, Nick, mm -hmm. uh, not exact, not exactly vigilantes. I would no. say, no. I wouldn't describe them as uh, the superhero types. Yeah. No, but really. Wow. Really, a, a strange series of events, and and it felt very surreal. Like in the aftermath, I was like, I can't believe that happened and there yeah. was definitely a thought process of you shouldn't have let this happen like you should have spotted that this was dodgy you shouldn't have been trusting you should have been more suspicious you shouldn't have you know shouldn't have shouldn't have and i sort of went through that process of re-examining it to be like was i an idiot like is this unreasonable and then i just sort of reached a point where it's like nah fuck that it's this guy's fault he fucking stole it you know no, and, and blame myself on, for it. On the contrary, you literally under pressure and dealing with what you later found out was an ex-convict. Is that is that too extreme? Well, but yeah. Like, I mean, you, I don't know the the nature of his imprisonment, but yeah. But you did everything. You took photos of the of the license plate. You you did everything that you needed to do under pressure, which is you know I think a lot more than than most people would be capable of doing so you actually kept it pretty cool like you, you know i get the embarrassment thing but like you you under those circumstances i don't think it sounds like you couldn't have done any better yeah thank you that, that's nice of you it, 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 and as i said I, I sort of ended up not blaming myself for it but it, it was definitely a thought process it was yeah, yeah it definitely it it lingered for a while and the the interesting thing was like i wouldn't say i was shaken but at the end of the night, like, I double-checked that the door was locked. And it doesn't make sense that he would come back. Like I said, why would you go back to the place you're stolen from? It doesn't make any sense. He didn't come in my house. He doesn't see any of the other possessions I have. There's nothing to encourage him to come back so he can get my TV or whatever. But you still go through that thought of, like, this happened at my house, which is this yeah. whole other thing. Like, if I was not working or if it was a different time of day, maybe I would have gone to the, you know, meet at the... 
I mean, they say go do the trade in a police station car park or, you know, some other public place if you want to have that added level of security. But I yeah. I told him my address. Yeah. And, you know, presumably now we've got we've gained a follower on Deep Four. <laughs> yeah. Because you, you, he's, he's checked your Facebook as well and he knows that you uh, you got you got a podcast. Well, I think if you block someone, you can't go to their profile, right? Well, he can find us on Spotify. Give us okay. five stars if you're here. <laughs> um, wait, I had a, I had a thought. Um, just back to the rubbery thing at, at home. I, I, I I've been robbed uh, twice. Yeah. In the house, I don't know if you wow. have been, but I I remember we when my family lived at Waverley. I must have been about thirteen or fourteen, and and we came home and the I remember we went to movie land. <laughs> I just remember these weird details. Like we went to Movie Land. We came back. We were at my grandma's house. Went to Movie Land. Came back. The front door was open. I remember my parents sitting in the front seats of the car, waiting out front, and they said to each other, "The front door's open and the lights on." Did you leave the front door and the lights open? Like front door open and the lights on? Mm. They said no. And so we waited in the car, and it was just such a scary. It was such a scary thing when we went inside. Eventually, when my dad went in first. There was no one there, but there was blood everywhere. What? There had been windows smashed. It was crap. They had gone through everything. Blood was everywhere? Like, oh, they, they had smashed a window to get in. Oh, and cut and themselves. C- and cut themselves and then tried to rinse off in the bathroom. And it was, oh my God. It was, like, it was like graphic. Yeah. And and then we had like police there the whole night and yeah. detectives and all the all this thing. I, I mean, I was too young to really no. like fully Engage with comprehend it. what yeah. was happening. But I just remember all these policemen in my house until like the early hours of the next morning, and like it was it was crazy. And then um, I think a, a few years ago when I was living at Hope Street, we got we got. Can I just ask that, one question in the middle there? It, it, yeah. Was it a random smash and grab? Like they just. They just saw your house and they were like, let me take some shit. Yeah, I think they just took uh, some of my mum's jewellery, maybe maybe some of my, like, my dad's. Maybe they tried to take the safe. I vaguely remember that. Sure. But it was just kind of, like, yeah. valuables. They didn't take anything extreme. But, like, I, I was also robbed um, a few years ago and I was living in Brunswick and, uh, like, the front door was open. They just they took a few things. But just that feeling of, like, having someone in your house or, like, just yeah. having... Have, it's like the the invasiveness of it is worse than anything, and, yeah. and even like just having someone at your house, your place of your your home base, yeah, your safe, your what's meant to be your your safety space, yeah, having that violated in some way, even if it was outside of the home, yeah, I can imagine it's just like this icky, eerie feeling that it's just it's I think it's primal, yeah. It's like, it's, it's, this is a silly analogy, but it's kind of like the vampire thing. Like I didn't invite you in. You're not allowed in the house. And someone was in the Mm. house. It's like, no, this is, this is my space. And it's the same thing of like, even in the front yard, it was, it was, or on the shared driveway. It's like, this isn't where this should happen. This isn't, this is my place. Now, who's your, who's your insurer? Because uh, we've got to give them a plug, surely. AA Contents Insurance. Uh, Yeah. Very easy to deal with. Had the receipt, Love of course. Those guys. Um, so that makes it easy and, yeah, problem solved. Now, are you giving your mum a cut of this? Or? Uh, she sort of ceded right to that when she just wanted to recycle it. So, yeah, this this, well, this is all going to the Nick Bank account. Yeah, I mean, you went through a lot. Now, would, now hy- <laughs> it's not a hypothetical question, really, is it? 
Well, I guess it is. Would you, would you rather have not had the $1,800 and not have had to go through that experience or is $1,800 enough to have that experience? Uh, <laughs> nah, to be honest, like I was going to be pretty happy if I got 600 bucks. Like for, for yeah. a phone that wasn't even mine and for a, a minimal hassle, if I had found like a real person or even on Trade Me and I'd got, you know, my 600 bucks on behalf of my mum's old phone and just seen the end of it, I would have been perfectly happy. I was like, fuck, that's nice. Let's yeah, go go away for a weekend. Yeah. So I, I don't, yeah, I didn't need this to happen, to be honest. <laughs> but now you can go away for three weekends. Now we can get now three weekends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, now, can it's I, stuff like this that really makes you believe in God, doesn't it? That's it. Do you believe in God now? Um, not the God you're thinking of, but definitely one of them. One of them. Yeah. That's 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 that's. Fine. As long as there's one. <laughs> get, um, just get one of them. Now, can I talk? Can I talk something tricky for a minute? Um, oh. wh- one other aspect about this was a race aspect, because was this ask. was this was, you know, a, a, a stocky tattooed Maori man. And the the interesting part of the process for me as I was dealing with this guy was an internal narrative about is this shady behavior? Is this a red flag? Is this just my racial preconceptions and prejudices coming into bear? And part of my examination process afterwards was trying to check whether my calibration was was off whether it was whether I should have noted some of the behaviors as dodgy regardless or whether it only yeah. took a turn at a certain point and and you know battling that internal narrative because there are absolutely stereotypes about you know the, yeah. the gangs in Christchurch and and you know yeah. a particular type of cliche about a Maori man and and their um that was in my head and I was in the moment trying to identify where that appropriate level of reaction was. Like if I saw him come up and then he walked away and, you know, should I, could I validly have said, nah, man, this doesn't feel right. Sorry. Have a good one. And what is that prompt from the other person? It was, um, yeah, a really interesting other level to it for me afterwards in terms yeah. of my reflection of of how what what all went down. Yeah, it's it's a it's a tricky space. I feel like a lot of people, a lot of us have been in that position where they're kind of questioning their own prejudice and like I think, you know, you get to 33 or 34 or whatever we are and you kind of, I think you can, you get pretty good around that age, getting a vibe or a sense of people. Mm. And I guess what you're doing is kind of, you're you're questioning in yourself, what is informing that spidey sense that I'm getting? What is that? What is that little, what is that little detection thing? Is it, is it my preconceived notions of certain, uh, uh, you know, stereotypes or, or is it just the feeling? I, I think it's, I think, I mean, for you, you're a very thoughtful guy. Everyone, everyone would acknowledge that you're a very thoughtful guy, and, and it's clear that you even like you, you're you're bringing it up now. Mm. But I, I mean, 
it all kind of informs. Like it, it's unlucky that it happens to be uh, um, uh, someone who's a, a different race to you. Or are they, they're not minorities over there, are they? They're still a minority. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's that's unfortunate. But you, you're what you're doing when you're detecting some sort of uh, offness is you're you're, you're detecting the vibe. Yeah. I feel. You know, it's not, it's not, especially from you, it's not, it's not kind of informed by what they look like. No. But I mean, yeah, it's tricky. There, there is an, there is an element of that. You can, you can, in theory, I mean, they have, they have, um, you know, a big Herald Sun slash um, conservative media thing is promoting, um, you know, the gangs, the African gangs are on yeah, the rise yeah. here in Melbourne. Yeah. And that's to a degree definitely drummed up and it's and it's and it's it's kind of feeding this fear that yeah. you know predominantly older white their white audience uh kind of gets off on and and yeah. the best kind of news is news that's based on fear yeah but then there is a probably an element of okay there are probably some gangs in 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 melbourne that yeah. are african and and that they've come over, and there is maybe a, di- a disparity between the culture yeah. um, that is causing conflict. So it's it's tricky because there's probably an element of truth, but like not not to the exaggerated point that we're being being fed. Yeah. So I, I think I think I mean, look, and you don't in, want to be the, the person, the um, you know, the person in Central Park calling the cops on the black guy walking his dog, right? Like exactly. So it's all that narrative is is so overblown that when <laughs> when faced with actual robber in front of me i'm still going like i don't know is this a vibe or is this not a vibe it's it was a, yeah. a, a very interesting like intellectual debate i think i think that's so interesting and i think it's i think it's um yeah i think it's great that you're yeah you, you, you talk about that stuff because it, it, i think it's i think everyone on a day-to-day basis whether whether they like to admit it or not, they probably, I mean, there's, there's a, it can be scary acknowledging that element, yeah. you know, but if you're doing it in a considered manner and you're kind of picking it apart and really analyzing yourself, by the way, you know, the, this guy is not, is not, he's probably sizing you up as some like, you know, well, I was going to say scrawny white guy, but I'll change it. Ooh. Some fucking handsome buff white guy. Oh, he's like, oh fuck, I've I've picked a hot guy. But let me finish. That okay. he can probably easily take Still advantage take of. Out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I but like I mean there's probably that. There's probably that element. Maybe as that's well. why and his hands were shaking, because he was like, Wow, I have this strange attraction to this man. What are these feelings? <laughs> I've never felt something like this for a man before. Well like, I was gonna I was gonna interject and, and say this earlier that that I mean you went through you went through a bit of a trauma, yeah. But but also you made an ex prison inmate shake from nervousness. <laughs> yeah, I mean I, when you say it like that, it does seem less likely. <laughs> it that having now heard it aloud, I think it's more that he was withdrawal from some kind of drug because that that doesn't sound plausible. Mate, take the win. Take the win. <laughs> take the take win. The win. He well, was no, no, his I'll, I'll tell you one thing that I am proud of. This is and this was like real cinematic as well. When he gunned it, after I was confident that he hadn't fucking run over my foot, I got a real legitimate on the side of the car as it 
as it went away. I got, I got a, I got a, a slap on the back window as the car went past. That's and awesome, it, Did it achieve anything? <laughs> Absolutely not. But no, did but I you... feel in a moment like I'd acted? Yeah, Hell I did. Yeah, dude. Hell yeah, I did. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, you did. Yeah. And also, he knows, you know what it signals? It signals, okay, yeah, you, you've run off with my phone. You've run off with my mummy's phone. Yeah. But, 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 but I'm not taking this lying down. That's yeah. what that signals. Don't come back down this driveway unless you want your SUV to be tapped again. <laughs> you might have got a ding on there. You I might have got, got a ding. I might have got a little ding in there. I see those triceps. Yeah, you're yeah, working. Yeah, you're working. Possible. Out. It's plausible. Yeah. Wow. That well, was that was that was an epic story. Oh, no, thank say. you. Yeah. I, that was, it was funny because I messaged you. I think the day of or the night of, and I said I've got a story, oh, and and I said like, did. don't worry, uh, like I'm I'm all good. It's okay. And you just like felt out the waters a bit. Like you're like, oh, like uh, you're all, what what's going on? You're you're all good. And I was like, I'm all good, but. I knew that at the end of the day, if you're yeah, going to be robbed, story. it's better to be robbed and have a podcast. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. It was That's all worth it. All worth it. You, you were like, content. Here we <laughs> Hashtag <go."> content. <laughs> we're Hashtag doing content. this. <laughs> yeah, well, I've got a podcast. See ya, bucko. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just slap the ass of that SUV as it drove out. Yeah, you'll wow. be hearing about this on Spotify and all good <laughs> podcast players, <laughs> wherever you find your podcasts. Consider yourself slandered. <laughs> it's not slander because it's all true. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, I'm proud of you. Oh, I'm honestly you. proud of you. You thank stood you. up to a baddie. Thank you. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm a hero. You can say it. I'll say it. Um. Okay. Uh, have you got anything uh, topic-wise lingering? Are you got anything? Um, oh, what have I got? I have. I'll give you some optionals. How about that? I'd love that. I'll say a quick happy birthday to my dad. Happy birthday, Peter. It is. But he's sixty-five today. Oh, young, so, young, young buck still. He's. He's. He does have a lot of uh, vitality in him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's so, I don't know what his listenership with this is, but uh, sometimes I think he tunes in just to make sure I'm make, not making a, a fool of myself or him. Um, but yeah, happy birthday, Tough bar to Dad. Clear. Happy birthday. Now this, but I've also got just a one. It's a peeve, but I just feel it's short. A peeve or a myth? Oh, a myth. It's a myth. Okay. Well, it's it's not it's not. I don't want to. It's short, Nick. I, and look, I know and you're going to so feel me on this big boy. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. Why did you have to phrase it like <laughs> I that? I don't know. Sometimes I need to fluff up uh, my sentences. <laughs> Why are you saying that? Michael's Michael's and I displeased, up, offended, agreed, irritated, chagrined, pissed off. So I went. I went on a. We were, Lauren and I went on a hike the other day, right? And th- this is this is. Uh, oh, maybe maybe what you would call a mini myth, but we're not. You know, we're not going there. You, you um, previously objected to that categorization. Yeah, I have. Uh, but we went on a hike the other day, 
And we went to this beautiful spot uh, in the Yuyangs, um, kind of a nice elevation, mm-hmm. nice elevation, mm-hmm. nice scenery. It's only an hour out of Melbourne. Beautiful. We start walking up this hike. It's a lovely day, 23 degrees, sunny. Walking up about 20 minutes in, I hear this. I'm like, I'm a big nature guy. I like I like trying to, you know, be present, be in the moment, mm-hmm. smell everything, watch mm-hmm. everything. If there's a bird, if yeah. there's a bird. <laughs> if there's a horse, you want to go smell it. If there's a tree, I, you want to go smell it. But it's all part of the experience. It's sure. like the, all of my, I want all of my senses to be engaged with my surroundings. Yeah. That's all about being present, you know. Yeah. I don't want to give you a lecture on meditation, Nick, because okay. I've never done it. But, yes, yeah, I guess that's a part of it, I'm yeah. imagining. And then, so 20 minutes into this walk, it's beautiful, sun is shining, birds are chirping. We're walking up this little, little, uh, it's a quite kind of a, like a, there's lots of lots of things to climb on this hike. Like mm-hmm. it's easy. It's easy. Like but sort it's of like, scrabbly a bit. Yeah, but you can you can climb over a boulder a little bit to get up. You know the path. Yeah. It's fun. And I start to hear this. I'm like, it's like Strange. it's unnatural to hear a regular beat. Yeah. As we get up closer, we realize that there's a group of. I want to say people in their early 20s mm-hmm. playing techno music oh. from a, like a boombox strapped to their backpack. Oh, they're carrying a speaker with them on the they're hike. They're carrying a speaker on the hike. Oh. My blood, Nick, is just, it just it goes from zero to 100 so quick in these situations. <laughs> Sorry, just to, just to backtrack there. Your blood goes from zero to 100. Yeah, it does. Okay. In terms of temperature, in terms of temperature. Oh, sure. It's boiling. Is that not clear? It's boiling. I, I thought you meant it's KPH. I thought it had really fucking point, gunned it out of your body. I'm at, I'm at, I'm at a gentle simmer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I, look, if it's at 100, to be honest, I think you're at a rolling boil, but let's not, let's not get caught in the cooking terminology here. Let's split the difference and call it a cool 92. Sweet. I'm annoyed. You're, I'll say <laughs> that. I'm annoyed. Peeve. I'm peeved. Um, I'm mini miffed. I'm gonna no 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 no. I'm gonna allow this as a full myth. I don't. This isn't a mini myth. This is a real. It's myth. a it's a big time faux pas. You know, like I've got my problems with. I don't even like to go to. I mean, I go to nudist beaches now exclusively, as we've as we've heard previously established. But 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 part of that is because when I go to these places in nature, yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy encountering other humans. Yeah. I'm cap- and ha- I'm happy to to say hi. On a hike, hi, uh-huh. you know. But when you when you're making the selfish decision to that your experience of nature is worth more. By the way, if I think if you're t- playing techno music on a hike, I don't think uh, the hike is what you're looking for. <laughs> I don't yeah. think you want to be on a hike. I no. think what you're looking for is a is room a club. Yeah. in your house. Yeah. With your friends, which is fine. Please go do that. But or not on Wednesday. put in fucking headphones. If you want to listen to techno music, put the fucking headphones in. But that's what I don't get. Like, they're all in a group. There's maybe, like, three or four of them. Yeah. And they, they, one of them, I guess, has just decided, oh, we should bring music to this. But it's so obnoxious. It, I mean, it is... I just... Uh, 
it is so fucking obnoxious to decide that, and they're not playing it softly either, they're playing it loud. It's so obnoxious to decide that everyone else wants to hear your music while everyone else, who, by the way, very respectful, obviously, because why wouldn't you be in, like, beautiful surroundings? Yeah. Every, they, you've just decided that your experience is worth more than everyone else. And I just, I just, I hate that so fucking much. Can I throw out one devil advocate? Just one, just one idea that popped into mine. Okay. Because my brain thought, well, you're, you're out in nature and you're going to play playing this music. One of the most charming beautiful things of a hike is you would turn a corner and there's a kangaroo there or you know you look up in the tree and there's a koala and then my brain thought i wonder if it was snake prevention if they were thinking put some music on just clear the path ahead of us we'll we'll, we'll let people know that there's a group coming through mr snake off you go pop away from the path please just throwing that one one idea out and I'm, i'm willing to take comments yeah, I'm going to knock that right back um, because these guys were not in the business of snake prevention. I okay. think they were there to have like a little bit of a party. Right. I mean, I don't, I don't really know what their intention was because you have to drive a little bit bit out to get to this spot. So there's a yeah. little bit of a, a conflict of, of, of what they were trying to achieve. Yeah. Um, but they were definitely there. To, they weren't there for they weren't there for the hike. They were there for to have a good time, which. You know, I think we both agree at this point in our lives, Nick. We don't like it when other people have good times. You know, <laughs> hey, don't speak for me. No, I, I speak think we, for you. I think you and I can both agree that you don't like when other people have good times. I hate it when people have good times. Yeah. Um, you know, but the other thing is, like, I was thinking, if they were playing better music, would I appreciate it more? And I think I, well, at least be less annoyed. I think I would. But the types of people that play music obnoxiously loud never have good taste in music. It's sure. just, it just never happens. Yeah. I mean, maybe bagpipes. play a little You never hear twin. a quiet bagpipe, do you? That's a great point. Let me. You never hear, you never hear anyone blasting like Sigur Ross. <laughs> you know I, mean? I don't, I think it's because it's physically impossible to turn up Sigur Ross. <laughs> you can turn the dial as much as you want. It's never, it never gets any louder. It's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I mean, if if I was if I was uh, if I was walking on a hike and someone was just blasting Hopper Polla as as loud as it could go, I'd be what like, about, you know what? What about some Bjork? I'm annoyed, but I'm kind of I'll you know I'll pay it. What about some Bjork? If you're just going up at the side of a cliff and then you hear the <laughs> would you feel would you feel yeah. more attuned to nature? I would because because I I feel like the type of person that would listen to Bjork is the type of person that is thinking about what they're doing because you don't just you don't just put on Bjork radio you don't just put on radio on Spotify and Bjork comes on you have to choose you Bjork. really have to go looking <laughs> you have to want to play Bjork and at least there's some intention there with yeah. the music not just Let's just have a kick drum go at 130 beats per yeah. minute. You know that you could get into an interesting conversation with the guy who was halfway up the range blasting Bjork. You know there's yeah. been a thought behind it. And they're almost certainly on mushroom. So that's, <laughs> 100%. That's yeah. yeah. Um, this discussion has reminded me. So my dad and I, for many years, would go walking up along the, the Hyson Trail in Mount Lofty. Um, mm-hmm. And I think... Once I went or twice once. even came, yeah. 
No we'd often listen to music at the same time and go and, you know, vibe to some Radiohead or something. And we'd often walk sort of around sunset. So in, in summer it would stay light. But if you're walking in winter and you're up there at six o'clock, it was often quite dark. And that's quite nice because we like walking in the rain or the cold and you put on some atmospheric music, you you, you know, headphones, of course, yeah. and, and you're enjoying Love yourself, loving it. And there was one time that I can still remember. So when you go up the Heisen Trail, you end up winding your way around under the highway and there's an underpass a pedestrian underpass that takes you from one side to the other and every time you go through there there's this little bit like this little tingle of excitement particularly when it's night and when it's dark because it's like a good i want to say 100 meters at least from one side of this eight lane freeway to the other and at night it's not illuminated at all it is a dark tunnel and there's this little bit of like, oh, I can see the the end and and we'll just walk through yeah. here and, and oh, isn't this fun? And, you know, dad will have a, a headlamp or something like that if, if he needs for guidance, but like, it's all good. And it's invariably just a dark, silent sort of tunnel and you emerge the other end and you go on with the walk. And that is true of the 99.9 times that we visited the Heisen Trail, except for one time in the middle of winter that we walked around the corner and discovered a rave, a legitimate rave. They had brought lasers. They had brought lights. They had a full DJ set and there was like 40 people there, definitely on drugs, definitely grooving to techno music. (laughs) And to be clear, this is underneath the freeway. So it's not like, it's not really interfering with other people at that point. It's seven o'clock underneath the freeway. That's where you go for it. And then there's dad and I, I was probably like 16 at the time and dad's whatever that makes it 10, 15 years ago. And we're like, we just want to walk the dog to the other side. So we're like squeezing through the rave (laughs) as they're playing techno music and the dog's like running away. Like we put the dog on the lead, I think at some point. And then all of the guys, like half of them are sitting on the ground and half of them are dancing and they're all just like dog. And they're like, they all just want to touch the dog. <laughs> and then we, we snuck through to the other side. But, um, yeah, that's true so story. Wow. That's so funny. Just, yeah, the idea. The idea. I bet your dad probably. Your dad if I wasn't there, dad would have been on the dance floor. He'd, he'd take a few uh, hits of Molly. You know? <laughs> well, yeah, I did, re- I did realise at some point that when we were young, um, we were just walking. I can't remember. Oh, we we're in like Chinatown in like the Chinatown car park. And we were parked on the top level and we we're going down to Chinatown a cafe at the bottom. We walked down the, the concrete, um, like car park staircase from the top floor down, which is like a sealed box. Um, you know, the, the doors close behind you as you go down the stairs. And as we we're walking down, we got to the bottom one time and I, I think I was there and George was there as well. And he turned to us and he was like, you smell that? That's marijuana. <laughs> and I think that the, the vague sense was um, like, if you smell that, you know, when you're out and about, you know, back away, you don't want it. You don't want to be smelling this stuff. But it was only many years later that I was like, oh, dad knows what How marijuana you know smells like. <laughs> well, <laughs> And then, of he course, he was done. Charter the 60s, of course. Yeah. 
Well, if you've enjoyed this episode, um, I'm glad that my discomfort caused you some kind of enjoyment. Think about that, asshole. Sorry, I came off very hot. Michael's not here at the moment and I didn't have anyone to balance me. If you want to listen to other episodes, there are plenty more in that back feed. So just go scrolling down, pick one out. I guarantee you'll like it. That's not a legal guarantee. And if you want to keep in touch with us, you can follow us on all the social media of your choice, your Facebooks, your Instagrams. Spot us on Spotify. Give us those five lovely stars. Send us an email to deepfort at gmail.com and uh, get in contact because we'd love to hear from you. And then as you're proceeding about your day and your life and considering perhaps selling items of value uh, on the internet, I would strongly recommend you don't use Facebook Marketplace. So there's there's your tip for the week. I got a wreck and I got a weird news. That's what I got. We've done a bit of weird news. Should we just do a quick wreck? Yeah. Uh, oh, do you feel like I need to do the jingle? I mean, who cares? Okay. I'll just record it just in case, and then I'll decide whether or not to use it. Why don't you just um, why don't you just do the key sound or whatever the engine sound or whatever it is? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, just who, who cares? No one cares. Who cares? Who cares, <laughs> Michael? Like, what's the meaning of this? What's the, what's the point of all this? You know, what's the point? What's the what point? Are we, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Mate, what are you doing? What the fuck? You fucking pied, man. You fucking having me on. You having me on. You trying to fuck me off, man. You fucking me around. You call this an iPhone 11. You call this a fucking iPhone. It's fucking blacklisted, mate. It's fucking blacklisted. (laughs) Anyway, I watched Mulaney's new special, Baby J. Yay. I watched it last night, actually. You'd seen it live. Was it the same show? It was literally exactly the same. Well, I suppose that's... Like, all all the beats were so similar. It was Apart from the Henry, which was a really nice touch. But yeah. did you like it? I did like it. I thought it was good. My one... I, I thought it was interesting the way that he was reflecting on how his image had taken a hit. I thought that was... Yes. It was, te- it was very brief and it was very tangential, but he acknowledges it. He talks about well, Bo Berman being the new favourite. I love that. Um, I don't think he said that in the live one, um, but he didn't say his. He didn't necessarily say his reputation took a hit because I thought about this. He said his reputation was different. People yeah. saw him. People see him differently now. Yeah. The other thing that I was hoping for more of, but that was not touched at all, was partner, was wife and marriage, and new girlfriend and kid. That was very much not the topic of the discussion. It was about the the addict and the, yes. the drug and the intervention, which is all good and all his material Obviously on that choice. was good. Yeah, but um, very clearly is not talking about that still, and that's the thing that I'm so fascinated about. Are you? Well, just because he told the the he told so much of the addict story of the intervention story in his various media place, you know, um, appearances in the lead up. That I that didn't feel like I was learning much new beyond like the stuff that happened at the rehab clinic. He'd done it a lot on late night. Yeah, but I was I was still really curious about like where the divorce came into it. Like, did he get divorced after the yeah. rehab? Yes. Before the rehab, like that well, that angle of it. Just to satisfy that little itch, um, uh, slightly, 
I actually listened to a podcast with. Uh, it's a, I don't know if you know who Anthony Jesselneck is. I know the name, um, but no, I don't know a great deal of his work. He's, a, he's an American comedian, pretty dark. But he said he uh, he said on on his podcast uh, last week that um, he watched Baby J and that he loved it and he was going on about it and then he was he said. <laughs> He said um, it was interesting to see some of the divorce stuff happen in real time. And then his co-host said, oh, yeah, we were at that party. And then they said, uh, should we talk about this? And they said, oh, who cares? And then they they didn't go into heaps of detail, but they were like, I remember we were, we were at John Mulaney's house for a party and we were wondering why his wife was upstairs. This is just before he went to rehab, yeah. I think. Why is John Mulaney's wife upstairs and didn't come down for the whole entire party? And we, they said they said we got to watch his marriage implode in real time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's not much. But you know, it's interesting to note that like they were maybe on the outs before he went into rehab. But. Well, I mean, that wouldn't surprise me if you are a full drug addict. <laughs> like I have to imagine his. Uh, attentiveness to the needs of the relationship was probably at an all-time low as yeah. he's busy, like, selling watches and, like, getting haircuts at SNL and all the other yes. stories he tells. Um, but, yeah. That watch story is so funny. Yeah. Good story. Good story. You don't mix medals. You don't mix medals. <laughs> you don't. Um, what's your wreck? I've got a killer wreck for you, Nicholas. Please. Do you like chimps? As as a, a, a viewing subject, I guess I don't really know what I meant by that question. Okay, good. But I didn't know how to answer it. New series on Netflix called Chimp Empire. Uh huh. Um, which you know I I I could only describe as is um, you know uh, keeping up with the Kardashians, but for primates. Okay, it's it's okay. trashy reality chimp doco. Look, it's not, but it's like. They go into like the social dynamics. It's all politics. It's all hierarchy. It's all rivalry. But they follow two groups of chimps. It's I'm underselling it. I just said that as a joke. But that it's kind of it's actually done so beautifully. The music is gorgeous. It's done. It's unbelievable how they get this this footage. Um, it's in the I think it's in the jungle of uh, Uganda. I think somewhere in Africa. Don't know, but they follow two tribes of, of chimps, and they basically kind of switch between them, and they they follow each they they they, they develop character not develop characters, but they they follow characters. It seems like they're making characters out of the out of each individual. Yeah, they're like definitely naming them and like giving them sort they, of personalities. They give them and names, yeah. and they say, you know, this one chimp. My favorite chimp was named Abrams. He's kind of a young young. 23 year old chimp and he's very ambitious yeah you and saw he, you yourself know, in him yeah, yeah i mean he had, had zebrechias qualities yeah 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 he's, he's kind of sarcastic he had his eye on 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 being the alpha chimp yeah. um for for quite a while and you know yeah um kind of made some interesting moves in the chimp community <laughs> uh to kind of subvert the leader, you know, okay, it's yeah. just just likable qualities, just likeable, you know. Yeah, I love the subversion of authority. Um, yeah. And but yeah, no, it's a, it's a it's a beautiful beautiful little docu series, four episodes, an hour each. You're in and you're out. Yeah. After four hours, 
Um, and yeah, I just fucking, I just fucking loved this shit. I mean, chimp, I, the thing that I kept thinking about when I was watching this is that like, you're seeing these chimps and they're, I mean, they have so many qualities that are so relatable. The, like, you know, the way that the, the, <laughs> I don't know why I'm starting off with this one, but it was a thought that I had that like the women, the women, <laughs> the women chimps, they really, what what they find in attractive in men is like their status and their ability to get resources. Uh-huh. And what the male chimps find attractive in females is their f- uh, fertileness or fertility. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, like, there's like those types of things. I mean, I'm not saying that humans on the on the whole are like that, but like, you, you know, you get glimpses of that in, in human society. But then they also just eat monkey meat. You know, they also just eat raw monkeys and they catch monkeys. They ta- they catch like macaques. They'll eat anything. They'll eat fruit. Jeez. And they'll, they'll eat, like eat a, flesh. They'll, they'll eat like, there'll be like uh, certain seasons, this like tree that uh, drops all this like delicious sweet fruit will drop to the ground and they'll all eat like, it looks like they're eating like an orange. And you're like, oh, that's just like me. And then <laughs> two minutes later, they're like, oh, look, let's get that monkey and rip it apart and all share it. They share the meat around. But the but the alpha chimp shares the meat around depending on like who he likes the most. Oh. And it's like, oh, I can relate to that less. <laughs> Still some. Still some. <laughs> Still some. I mean. <laughs> We've all been there, but I mean, I, I grew up in a Ukrainian household. I mean, <laughs> there's something choosing who got the I... most monkey was part of the daily dinner. <laughs> but I just kept thinking, like, it just fuck. And I've thought this so many times. It sucks to be an animal. It just your life sucks. Like some of these chimps live to like seventy years old in the wild, which is crazy. Yeah, but their life is just constant paranoia. Where do I fit in? Who's gonna fuck me? Actually, you know, you know this kind of—it's very kind of, kind of related similarities. Actually, a bit more relatable than I thought. But like, <laughs> they're, they're just like eating. They want. They want like the they catch they capture this monkey, which just sounds to me like to I don't know about you, but it just sounds so gross. But they're all like they they just like oh, gathered round am I going to get a little piece of this monkey and just rip it, you know, with their teeth and their bones and suck the bones? And I'm like, man, I, I'm i not cut out for the chimpanzee world. I'm just not. Well, I'm meant did they to be include the scenes man. where the chimps' bosses calls them and it's like, where are you? It's 9.05. Why aren't you at the office? And the chimps like, sorry, I was caught up on the highway. Yeah. Yeah, they did none of that, weirdly. Which, uh, yeah. I that's, I think, one of the biggest similarities. Behind the scenes, but uh, yeah, I mean, they wanted to tell a narrative. Yeah, fair um, enough. Yeah, some things just hit but, the other floor. But see, I feel like I didn't sell this. But seriously, chimp, chimp empire. I actually had it down in my phone as Chino Empire. Okay, uh, but that which was, was just a typo. Order correct. <laughs> Com- no, that's a completely different recommendation. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's much more in the fashion industry. But yeah. weirdly, the characters still eat a lot of raw chimp meat. A lot of a lot of well, a lot of monkey meat. Nick. A, lot a lot of monkey, monkey meat. meat. Yeah. 